0: Welcome back to the cinema, folks. I sure hope you didn't lose your minds over that new humdinger of a film. But most importantly, welcome to AA CinemaCast, the most in-depth bi-weekly movie podcast hosted by two best friends, Mr. Anthony Dalpiaz and Mr. Adam Schwartz. Every other week, a new film, from Alien to Rear Window, and from The Muppets to Jurassic Park. Give it a listen, give it a like, and be sure to tell all your friends about AA CinemaCast.
1: Welcome back to Double A CinemaCast, your weekly film fix. Today, we're reviewing the original Miracle on 34th Street. Yes, the
0: 1947 holiday classic. uh, I had never seen before, but you've seen this before, though,
1: correct? Yes, I saw it a few years ago for the first time. So this is my second time seeing it. Gotcha. Did you know that it came out in the summer? what yeah it came out in june of 1947 and the marketing was really interesting the marketing didn't mention the christmas theme or santa claus you can see the commercial on youtube it's of these people walking around town like it looks like a new york city a busy urban area and it's basically like this game of telephone of people telling other people about the movie like and it's it's, it doesn't hold up very well because it's pretty stereotyped. It's like these these women going, like, it's a women's film. And then these they're like, it has romance and all this stuff. And then these guys are like, it's a guy's film. It has, like, I don't know, in- political intrigue or something. Like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Huh. Yeah, I, I will say, this movie, <clears throat> comparing it to the movie we reviewed last week with Noelle... Mm-hmm. there definitely is like a charm of like movies I would say probably prior to like the 70s where a lot of the actors on screen started off as stage actors and they never stopped really being stage actors and so just so many scenes in these older films, this one especially are just it's very theatrical it's very scripted <laughs> thing, you know yeah um, and, like, the one in particular scene that really stuck out to me is when the judge goes to hug his grandkids and they walk by and they, like, pause, like, hmm, and keep walking. And he just like, stands up, hands on hips, like, well, that's no way to treat your grandfather. <laughs> like, it's just so there's, so, there's a charm to this movie. There's a definite yeah. charm to this film
1: um we might call that hamming it up nowadays but back then
0: back then that was part of the course that was like what a excellent acting phenomenal
1: show and speaking uh, of the things in older movies that we don't have nowadays like the way that people talk too, like the pitch of their voice Mm-hmm.
0: just it's it's very up here everything's elevated it's very you know oh mr macy will have to hear about this it's it it almost there's like a facade on the voice. There's a fakeness to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like guess uh, watching sketches like SNL and they'll Parody that time period.
0: Mm-hmm. Just yeah. It's I mean, it's, it's a fun film. It's good. Um but I mentioned this to you before we started recording, having been my first time watching this, this is not how I thought the movie like what it was, really. What did you think it was? I was very much of the mindset of, like, what are you going in? I had seen two scenes prior to this. I had seen where Chris is showing Susan how to, like, play pretend or how to be, like, a gorilla or a monkey. Yeah. And then I had seen where her mom... Uh, what's her name? Um, Doris. Uh, where Doris like, requests the secretary to give her Chris Kringle's, like, work card. And then you see, like, he's, like, as old as my eyes, which are as old as my teeth or something like that.
1: Or, or no, as old as my tongue and a little younger than my teeth. That's right, yeah. <laughs> um, and his next of kin are the reindeer. Yeah. Which they spell Donner with D-O-N-D-E-R huh really yeah it was like donder yeah interesting i'm wondering if that's a typo or if that was like a thing at the time well the thing is that so i paused that every scene where they show a piece of paper with writing on it it's Mm -hmm. there for a long time so i didn't even have to pause it to look at it but i did and (laughs) i feel like with them dedicating that much time there's like, I gotta think it's not a typo. Unless there were budget constraints there, like... Someone was just like, all right, we're the Donner, and then they just missed that into the final cut.
0: <laughs> well, Eric, was... Eric, you
1: misspelled Donner?
0: <laughs> well, it was it was 1947, Anthony. They could only afford so many N's. <laughs> They're like, we ran to have N's. She put it in, I don't know, put a D in there. That'll, no one will notice. <laughs> every lot every letter costs like ten cents. It's like we can't yeah. afford
1: another M. It is this like prices right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, su- I'm surprised they were able to use that many vowels then.
0: Yeah, it was it was a, a strange time, the forties. <laughs> just
1: those those Ns were a hot commodity.
0: Yeah. Don't even talking about the price of books, a whole book. So many letters in those things. Yeah. But, but, going back to the like my impressions of it, like I'd only seen those two scenes, so all I knew was like the real Santa shows up in New York, and it's never really explained why he's there. no, he just kinda shows up.
1: I think actually, it kind of is I think he's trying to from what I gather from the movie is that. He's trying to find the goodwill and Christmas spirit in the world and see if it's all still worth it, which then turns into him trying to convince, was it Doris and her daughter? hmm
0: Okay, that makes sense. Because it's a very strange opening of just old man walking through New York with, like, ha- super happy Christmas music playing in the background, and then him going up to some random... Like store owner and being like, "Oh, you got the reindeer wrong." Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which I I pause the movie. And I'm like, "Are they? Do they have name tags?" No, they all look identical. They don't. So how would? How does? Okay, all right. Santa would know. Santa would know.
1: Um, and yeah. <laughs> and so the like, one thing, one thing I, I I found humorous watching it this time around is that it takes a fair amount of convincing to get, to get Chris to be the Santa for the parade. Yeah. But it seems like it takes no convincing for them to convince, to convince him to be the Santa at the Macy's mall for a month. Yeah. Like that's a big commitment. You would think that if it's the Santa,
0: cause he does mention after the court case, which we'll get to later. Um, for those who have not seen Miracle on 34th Street, the court case must sound like a really strange part of this film. It certainly seemed for me. Um, but he mentions like, oh, I can't stay for dinner. It's Christmas Eve. Duh duh, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. But then he's right back the next day. Like right. he's so like in a lot of modern Christmas movies, especially like Noel, for example, like Christmas Eve, that's like you know, the start thinking of movies like The Santa Claus, like that's prep time. That's, you know, all hands on deck of the North Pole. We got to get these presents out, you know, ASAP. And he's just like, oh, I, I can't stay. I got to go. Uh, but I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Christmas Day. Cool. All right. Uh, bye bye. Just super casual. Like, does he take a taxi to like an airport, take a Pan Am flight to the North Pole, you know, just ca- or like the Ranger come to him? But it's just so casual. I just thought it was just kind of funny. But yeah, he he's like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can be Santa for the parade. That's like pretty big. Oh well, if if it's for the kids, I'll do it for the kids. Right. But yeah, it's they just tell him like, Hey, you're the new Santa. Here's what you gotta do and he's like, Okay. (laughs) Just nothing
1: right into it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and right. Yeah. I don't know what I was gonna say after that. My mind just floated away.
0: You're good. Um I did like that they they kept it consistent with um one character, Arthur, I think his name was, the janitor.
1: Oh oh the seventeen year old kid. Yeah. Like that was <laughs> sweet. I appreciated that.
0: You liked him? You liked his character? That, that was good. That was nice. Another just genuine, good person. Um, <laughs> he was down, Poor kid. He was down the dumps for so much of it. Yeah. Also, just like... <laughs> he's like, they were going to put the padding on me, but I already had it. I'm like, this child is in no way, like, overweight. Oh, I know.
1: <laughs> I know. But they oh, keep... His name's Alfred, but they Al- keep shaming him. Like later, when they're eating, when he and Chris are eating lunch, yeah. and Alfred's telling him about how the psychologist is basically abusing him. Yeah. And, and what Chris says something like, you, "You, the only, basically the the only guilty thing you you have is maybe overeating." It's like, "Well, damn, that's shaming this kid."
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know. Now, of course, not to get too into the weeds on this part of the film, Mm -hmm. but I think it would be a missed opportunity to not use the skill sets that we have. Um, So, um, as someone who who majored in psychology, how is a psychologist in this film? Would you say he's ethical?
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) It... Yeah, I think that's pretty clear in the movie.
0: Yeah. Um. There's there's just something that like will make me hate. There's nothing that'll make me hate a character more, when someone who's supposed to help people, is like abusing their power. Right. And I was just like, mm, I really like, viscerally hate this character.
1: Yeah. Yes. But, oh, yeah he's a scummy guy yeah uh, real scummy guy and also if we're like if we're if we're po- poking light fun so i like how the one the lawyer who is the prosecutor so his lawyer the prosecution early in an early scene he's talking to his wife and his wife is Again, Matt, like, a theme is all these people are mad at, like, the judge and people who are putting Santa on trial. And yeah. she, she's his wife says something, like, along the lines of, you know, sometimes I wish I married a plumber or, I forget the other.
0: Oh, yeah, like a plumber
1: or, like, an electrician or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And he says well, if I lose this case, you'll have your wish. Like, talking about how, like, it's a big deal to lose this case. But when he loses the case, he's, like, he he's he's totally fine. He's, like, I got to go get that sports ball for my son. Now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just instantly just gives up and is, like, well, my, I'm done here. Okay, bye.
1: Yeah. Like, wait, what? You, like, spent so much time working yeah. on this case, and you're not outraged or anything.
0: Also, plumbing and electricians, plumbers and electricians are solid vocations. Right. Let's be dissing plumbers.
1: Oh, I know. I thought that, too. I'm like, oh, jeez. I knew I had a friend whose father was a plumber, and growing up, he was talking about how he wanted to go into the family business, and he talked about their salaries and just job security and everything, and I was like, oh, dang, that's a pretty good career. Like, I've, I mean...
0: I'm, I've been working at career services at uh, the institution, I, the university I work at, and like plumbers make a pretty good salary. Like, I don't know if like they've increased since the '40s, but like if you can land a plumbing gig and you're good at it, it's you can make some bank. Yeah. Um. So not to to dis plumbers there, um. But but yeah, this movie definitely. Um, it's it's so. I would say it's like very saccharine. It's just a it's a sweet sweet film. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I wonder with them using actual companies in the plot, like Gimbal's, Macy's. Um, he mentions uh, Chris mentions another the first time he like mentioned a different store. To the mother mm-hmm. like some other store um i wonder if in the 40s like how much of this was both either sponsored by macy's or gimbals or if they're just like hey can we use like your company in this mm-hmm. like i wonder what came first like was macy's like we're gonna make a christmas movie and sponsor it or if it was we're gonna make a christmas movie and we're gonna need macy's to sponsor it
1: i'm sure that macy's somehow sponsored this movie and Mm. from my understanding the macy's thanksgiving day parade before this movie it was more of a new yorker thing and Mm. then after this movie it became more of a whole interesting country thing that people would tune into
0: yeah um and it's it's always, um, for me, every time I see the parade, because I always watch it every year, um, I feel for everyone in that parade. Well, you've uh, actually been in the parade. That's right. That's I, I was in the awesome
1: parade. to fame. Uh,
0: yes. Uh, my senior year of high school, uh, was in the parade and like having to get up at like four in the morning, to like march, basically do our performance for the cameras when it was like fifteen degrees out, um horrible. And then having to sleep on the bus until like seven to eat breakfast, which consisted strictly of bagels. Oh gee. All they had. But they were New York bagels, so they tasted pretty good. Um, When you're
1: a part of the parade, mm -hmm. do you get to enjoy it or experience it? Or are you just so focused on what you have to do that you can't
0: (laughs) So basically for us we had to like line up because um, they line it up um, about two miles away from Macy's. Um, and there's like these guardrails set up that we stood behind mm-hmm. and would open it when it was our turn to like line up for the parade. Um, And the lining up portion, like you lined up, you maybe had like five minutes to get everyone in position. And then the announcer who was there would be like, high school, are you ready to... Join the parade, and we'd all be like, "Yay!" We're like, welcome to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and then we'd, off we'd go. Yeah, uh, but we really don't—you really don't get to enjoy it like until, like for me, we were able to record it on our TV, and then I watched it when I got home. Um, but yeah, there's not really the only two cool things I got to do. Well, one, we marched behind the aflac duck balloon. Uh,
1: okay. It was 2013. So this was pre-controversy. So Gilbert Godfrey was still the voice. Yes.
0: Um, so it was pre-Aflac Duck or pre-Gilbert <laughs> Godfrey's uh, scandal there. Um, but Kelly Pickler was in the parade that year. And mm-hmm. as she was coming down, she was in a little golf cart and she held her hand out and I high-fived Kelly Pickler. Nice. My right hand touched the gloved hand of Kelly Pickler. <laughs>
1: Is that why you don't wash your right hand?
0: That's why it's grimy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the only other celebrity, and this I say this loosely, um, the workout guru Richard Simmons.
1: Mhm. Uh,
0: he was also in the parade that year, and I got to high five him.
1: What uh, with the other hand?
0: Well, no, no, the same hand. So why uh, okay.
1: well, it's extra? <laughs> Just I'm never gonna wash it. <laughs> but
0: yeah, um, I was, I was kind of was like, oh, cool, that the movie started with the Macy's Symphony Parade. Yeah. Uh, just having gone through it, I just have a lot more respect for everyone who does the work. Um, also, Macy's is the second largest consumer of helium in the world. Uh, might be wondering, who's the first? It's the U.S. Army, and I don't know why. Really? But yeah, the U.S. Army buys slash controls the most helium in the world, and Macy's is the second largest consumer. So.
1: That's interesting. I mean, I guess that makes sense with their huge balloons.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And
1: apparently, so, Edmund Gwen, who played Chris Kringle, he mm-hmm. was actual Santa Claus in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 1946.
0: Oh, that's funny. I'm wondering... If, let's see, I'm looking at his IMDb page, and it looks like he he did a few, he really didn't work. Actually, no, he had a pretty, wow, yeah, he had a pretty extensive career. His first wow. performance was in
1: 1916 Um, in a... Oh, sorry. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say something about this film with him. But what, what was his first? I'll say that after. He was in a silent film production of Macbeth. Oh.
0: And then his last job was uh, in 1957 on the Alfred Hitchcock Presents TV series.
1: Oh. So, but yeah. So. He actually won the Best Supporting Actor Oscar for this role. I will say he he
0: he definitely does the Santa trope archetype well. Yeah. Um, like halfway through, I was like, I I believe this man was Santa. If if they were like, like if after this came out, like actually we hired the real Santa Claus, I'd be like,
1: I yes, I believe that. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? um well in fact the the little girl the actress thought he was the real santa during filming oh yeah i can definitely see that um it, i don't think any of the kids felt that way about tim allen and any of the cynical <laughs> no they're like are you really also i know that tim allen like hates kids
0: yeah so i'm sure that that movie was just a joy for him to film <laughs> um, but but yeah like he de- he dances the line between, like, jolly and happy and also, like, caring and genuine but also stern mm-hmm. and, um, like, authoritative when he needs to. Yeah. Um And I really, I just, I was, like, not tearing up but I was, just like, it got me right there in my heart when, um he's talking to the Dutch girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something out in 47, um, the Netherlands, I know, especially Amsterdam in particular was hit really hard during world war two. Um, and so when the mother or the adopted mothers, you know, she's been in an orphanage since, you know, she kind of like doesn't say it. Um, and he starts speaking Dutch to her and they sing that little Christmas carol together. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's, That's just too sweet. That's just too nice.
1: Oh, you want to hear it get even sweeter? Apparently what the girl says when he asks her what she wants for Christmas, Mm -hmm. she says she wants nothing. And she says that she got her gift by being adopted by her new mother. Oh. Wow.
0: Okay. This movie's just too pure.
1: (laughs) No. Oh, and then to answer your question about the companies in the film, so... Macy's and Gimble's were approached by the producers for mm-hmm. permission to have them depicted in the film. And they said that they wanted to see the final movie before they gave their approval. Oh. So luckily at the test viewing, they both gave their permission. Otherwise there would have been a lot of big edits. Yeah.
0: Cause like I can see why Macy's would want to do this because you know, Macy's is the hero question mark. Is one of the good guys in this film, and Gimbals is almost just kind of like we're here too.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, right.
0: And I, I googled while watching. I'm like, whatever happened to Gimble's? Uh, they went out of business in 1987. So, R.I.P. Gimble's.
1: Yeah, uh, but they're featured in Elf. That's true. That's I true. Think, I think it's an homage to Miracle on 34th Street because you even see. <laughs> it has that exterior shot of gimbals that is pretty close to what you see here.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this I'm looking at um, on the the IMDb page, going back real quick to what you talked about with the confusing commercial. There's a poster here where it's Maureen O'Hara and John Payne, who I guess had been a romantic couple in a previous film mm-hmm. because it's like a cartoon version of Chris Kringle saying they're in love again. And the tagline, it's a miracle of fun and romance. You'll love every minute of it. Miracle on 34th street. I'm like, I have no idea what this movie is about other than the two actors. I mean, how would it be like today? If it's like, it's Brad Pitt and Angelina Julie, and they're in love again. Come see Charlie's Angels. It's romantic and fun. Be like, I if you've never heard of it or you have no clue, like there's
1: no there's no clue that this is Santa. It's just ah, it's an old guy with a beard. Cool. Is he not? Is he not dressed in the red outfit and the hat? No, he has like costume from the start of the movie, like just a suit and the little hat with the cane, and that's it. So, yeah, like, he did not market this as a Christmas movie. Like, yeah. I'm telling you, like, yeah. So I'm sure people are really surprised.
0: Yeah. Like, I'm sure people who are familiar with New York and the East Coast were like, oh, 34th Street. Oh, so something Macy's possibly related. But, like, that's it. That's all you get from the title. And even the poster, it's Maureen O'Hara and John Payne looking lovingly at each other with just Chris Kringle hugging Susan. And you're just like, is that her grandfather? Is that like, huh? But I definitely feel like this movie, especially the Kris Kringle um, part of the film, launched the long-running trope in Hallmark movies of like every time it's in the small town. I think we talked about this in Noel. I brought it up back then of, um, you know, maybe the old man in town, really is santa claus <laughs> right? you know and it's it's always like what did you say your name was again oh kringle chris kringle merry christmas and it's like oh,
1: santa right I, hallmark seems to love the young santa <laughs> <laughs> i have not they're falling not, in love and he's young <laughs> santa <laughs> i i mean i know you've seen more hallmark
0: christmas movies than i have I have not seen a young Santa other than um Noel oh you haven't no interesting yeah that's a little uncomfortable if you ask me I don't know I, I feel know like that. Santa should be like I mean I don't even consider Santa to be like a human being like he's he's removed <laughs> from like humanity I don't know like he's a god. Own- a spirit. <laughs> yes santa is like i i worship santa <laughs> <laughs> um the, but i don't know I, he's like a magical he's like a wizard he's like gandalf like oh yeah uh, magical being who's just always been there yeah
1: but, yeah um yeah, spirit i'd i that makes sense yeah. oh and are you ready to apologize to eric the the fake person that we made up? eric yeah, the guy who wrote Donder, D-O-N-D-E-R. Oh, what
0: happened? What, okay, what's what's up with, with Eric? And so Donder?
1: apparently Donner is used frequently, but in Clement Clark Moore's poem where we get a lot of Santa-isms from, mm-hmm. like a lot of what we associate with Santa, including the reindeer, in the original manuscript it's spelled D-O-N-D-E-R. Oh, so the
0: Night Before Christmas poem says Donder.
1: Mm -hmm. Or at least in the original version.
0: Huh. Interesting. Weird. So we've made a a correction that was never a correction. It was always interesting. Yes, we need to apologize to Eric. Sorry, Eric. Uh, didn't mean to diss your, your spelling of... the Or the, rather, the proper spelling of, of Donder.
1: Yeah. Also, remember when that doc... Oh, by the way, so Santa lives in a retirement community in, the, in upstate New York in this? Yes! Is that correct? I... I...
0: Okay. The way I took it is because I thought that the... um. Oh, what was the place they called it? Like Brook, Brookstone or something like that? Um, like that was where they were taking him. And then he was like, yeah. And he faked the psychology. He like failed the psychiatry test. Mm-hmm. I took that as just like during his time there, he had endeared himself to the residents, And so he was just like, oh, we're doing a party
1: there. I'm oh, no, I'm, just... Right. I know that, but I'm talking about before that, like when they show his ID or whatever, it shows where he lives. And it's, it's this town that it, it was a two word name. And then they reference it later. And it was like, it was something like home for the aging or something like that. Oh, and that's where the Dr. Pierce character works that doctor who when the psychologist is saying chris is dangerous he's saying no he's benevolent like he has a delusion but oh yeah be- you're right
0: miracle uh, uh brooks memorial home for the aged 126 maplewood drive great neck long island
1: that's say great neck yeah what or so he lives in long island yeah <laughs> And so that's why he ends up li- living with the lawyer whose name is... Uh, Fred! Like G- Gail. What was it? Fred Galley? Galey. Galey. Fred Galey. Galey. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And so in that scene, the doctor makes a reference that I was like, okay, this is totally referencing something, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. So it's, it's when he, he references. So he talks about how Chris thinking his, he's Santa Claus is no more, is no worse than some, he talks about someone in Hollywood who opened up a restaurant Oh, the, the guy fakes being a Russian prince. Yes, I was like, okay, yeah. this totally has to be something real, and apparently, it is referencing a real life person. Why? What was it? So it's um, he ref, he fails to recall the man's name, but it's a reference to Michael Romanoff, who owned Romanoffs in Hollywood, and it was a popular hangout for movie stars back then. Huh. Interesting. I was like, this is totally a reference to something that I'm just not understanding.
0: I, yeah, when he was talking about that, I was like, because I knew that there were people, like, in the 20s and 30s who faked being um, Anastasia after the Romanovs Romanov dynasty had been killed in the Revolution. So I figured it was just like, we're not going to say it's Anastasia, but we're going to make some kind of reference to it. But it's weird So it was called Romanoff's um, in Hollywood? Mm-hmm. Romanoff's Hollywood. Harry F. Gergeson, known as Michael Romanoff, was a Hollywood restaurateur, con man, and actor born in Lithuania. He is perhaps best known as the owner of the now defunct Romanoffs of Beverly Hills popular restaurant, popular with stars. Huh. He died in 1987, born in 1890. Huh. Interesting. Weird. There's a whole Wikipedia page and there's a picture of him eating at a dinner table with his dogs. Strange man. huh Huh.
1: and apparently the the John Payne the actor who played Fred Galley really Mm -hmm. wanted to make a sequel to this movie
0: I don't know how you could I don't know either like would it be like Mr. Macy's you know uh what's the word like uh, predecessor or successor uh, doesn't believe in Santa Claus, and it's like you have to make him believe in Santa Claus or something like that, because like I feel like it's it's already um,
1: I don't know it's it's it you don't need it right. But apparently he loved the movie and actually wrote a script, but he died before he could send it out to anyone. Huh.
0: Interesting, yeah. I don't know. It was uh, overall very fun, just wholesome, wholesome film. Yeah, uh,
1: it is. I love. I I always get a. I've only seen this twice, so I shouldn't say always. But both times, I've gotten a kick out of just that idea of Santa sending customers to other stores. Yeah, it's such a funny concept. Like that would totally not happen today. Oh yeah, no. Um,
0: I was like, wow, this guy really is like he is altruistic to the extreme just like, oh yeah, Macy's is good. We have roller skates, but if you want some good, like you want the good stuff, go to Gimbal's. They'll fix you up. And it's like, what? It's just so weird. Right.
1: Uh, imagine imagine all of those all those salespeople now at <laughs> at Macy's not only do they have to keep track of their own inventory they have to keep track of all their competitors too
0: yeah that yeah (laughs) um this whole movie especially at the end when like the psychologist gets his gift which I forgot what he had asked for and it was very confusing what the psychologist got oh I don't remember because it, it looks like a bike, but it has, like, a camera. It's, like, weird. Because he walked over to it with, with Chris, and he's like, you know, I didn't believe in Santa Claus, but
1: gosh, China, I do now. Was that the psychologist? Or was that someone else who worked at Macy's? But I know what you're talking about. I could not figure out for the life of me what it was.
0: I was like, what did this guy
1: get? Yeah. Uh Maybe it'll
0: say I'm gonna take a look at the Wikipedia page here. Um Christmas morning. Uh, so Granville or Sawyer, he was the actual um like guy who worked at Macy's but there was someone else. Oh goodness. But yeah, he was a guy who brings up Romanoff, but yeah, he gets something and it's really weird. Um, But this whole movie, especially that scene reminded me of this tweet I had seen recently. Um, And I'll I'll pull it up here for you. Um, But it definitely gave me a chuckle. Um, So it's hello, I'm an adult in a Christmas movie. I don't believe in Santa, but also have never bought my children even one of the presents they receive every year. They just appear, and I am fine with this reality. This is neither confusing nor horrifying to me. (laughs) Right? Just like, wait, how many times has Susan gotten something that Doris didn't buy for her and she was just like,
1: well, I guess I just bought it and forgot. Right, I know, I know. That, that's, kind of a theme in a lot of these christmas movies though like even the santa claus Mm -hmm. and elf
0: yeah all of those and it's like even referenced in noel multiple times but you know it's whatever whatever yeah um but yeah so well that is all i really have to say about miracle on 34th street do you have any final thoughts
1: hmm this was it was definitely, you're right, like a, a feel-good movie. hmm It was cute. Like, I mean, and it's, how, a, it's a woman's
0: movie. It's a man's movie. It's got yeah. everything for everyone.
1: It's got something for everyone. I For some reason in my mind, I thought that the line, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus, was from this movie. So I was waiting for that. Then I realized the little girl's name wasn't Virginia. So then... <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, okay, maybe it's not coming in this movie. What movie is that from? I, I think it's from a short story.
0: Yes, very... Oh! Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus. Has its own Wikipedia page. Huh. Uh, is a phrase from an editorial called, Is There a Santa Claus? The editorial appeared in the September 21st, 1897 edition of The New York Sun and has since become part of popular Christmas folklore. Would you like to hear the editorial? It's pretty short. Sure. Is there a Santa Claus? We take pleasure, now again, 1897, so it's like very old-timey. We (sighs) take pleasure in answering at once, and thus prominently, the communication below, expressing at the same time our great gratification that its faithful author is numbered among the Friends of the Sun. Dear editor, I am eight years old. Some of my little friends say there is no Santa Claus. Papa says, if you see it in the sun, it's so. Please tell me the truth. Is there a Santa Claus? Virginia O'Hanlon, 1115 West 95th Street. Bold of it back then to just put their, like, like, people who write letters to them put their address in there. Um, anyway, Virginia, your little friends are wrong they have been affected by the skepticism of a skeptical age they do not believe except they, uh, they do not believe except they see they think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds all minds virginia whether they be men's or children's are little In this great universe of ours, man is a mere insect, an ant, his intellect, as compared with the boundless world about him, as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole of truth and knowledge. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist, and you you know that they abound and give to your life its highest beauty and joy. Alas! Exclamation point. How dreary would be the world if there were no Santa Claus. It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith, no poetry, no romance to make tolerable this existence. We should have no enjoyment except in sense and sight. The eternal light with which childhood fills the world would be extinguished not believe in santa claus you might as well not believe in fairies you might get your papa to hire men to watch in all the chimneys on christmas eve to catch santa claus but even if they did not see santa claus coming down what would that prove nobody sees santa claus But that is no sign that there is no Santa Claus. The most real things in the world are those that neither children nor men can see. Did you ever see fairies dancing on the lawn? Of course not. But that's no proof that they are not there. Nobody can conceive or imagine all the wonders that are unseen and unseeable in the world. You may tear apart the baby's rattle and see what makes the noise inside. But there is a veil covering the unseen world, which not the strongest man, nor even the united strength of all the strongest men that ever lived, could tear apart. Our faith... Fancy poetry, love, romance can push aside that certain and view and picture the supernatural beauty and glory beyond. Is it all real? Ah, Virginia. In all this world, there is nothing else real and abiding. No Santa Claus? Thank God. He lives and he lives forever. A thousand years from now, Virginia, nay, ten times ten thousand years from now, he will continue to make glad the heart of childhood. Oh, thank you, thank you. Also, that's a very bold writing from
1: 1897. Yeah. Wow.
0: Huh. That was written by a war correspondent from the Civil War. Really? Sir, or not sir, uh, Mr. Francis Farsillus Church.
1: Huh.
0: So, huh.
1: Which side was he on?
0: Uh, he was on the Union, so he was with, with with the U.S. Nice. So, yeah.
1: Huh. That's a good one.
0: Yeah. So. And the actual letter that Virginia wrote to the Sun appeared in 1998 on Antiques Roadshow.
1: Really? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's based on a true story.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Every year, Virginia's letter and Church's response are read right at the Eulog Ceremony at Church's alma mater, Columbia College of Columbia University.
1: Oh. Interesting. That's huh. really interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's
0: what the, they based this movie off of.
1: Maybe. Maybe that got some inspiration. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think the little girl's name is Natalie. So I was like, "Darn it, I'm not going to hear that." This be <laughs> oh well. Yeah, but it, yeah, you're right. It was a, it was a cute, fun little movie. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. So out of ten, shoot <laughs> you that gift, the
0: bike thing. Yeah, out of ten confusing gifts to get a psychologist. <laughs> what would you rate this movie?
1: Uh alright. So I'm trying to think. Am I rating this within the realm of Christmas movies or movies in general? Ooh. I think I rated Noel movies in general. Yeah. I will rate this one i gave give it a seven. Seven? Yeah. What would you rate it if it was just within Christmas movies? Ooh, I would rate it probably a nine. A nine? Okay. It's definitely... So, another Christmas movie came out around this time. Actually, several did. But the mm-hmm. one I'm thinking of is It's a Wonderful Life. And mm-hmm. I just prefer It's a Wonderful Life to Miracle on 34th Street. They're both good, though.
0: Yeah. Um... Huh. I would rate this um, seven point five, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And I would agree with your nine out of ten rating for Christmas movies, because I feel like a lot of Christmas movies today can trace their roots back to this movie.
1: Oh yeah, like Actually, this one. It was a remake in ninety four. <laughs> yeah. And there's a TV uh, movie remake in nineteen fifty nine of this movie. <laughs> okay, weird.
0: Like I similar to It's a Wonderful Life, which has spawned so many tropes, so on and so forth, similar to this movie, I think that this is like quintessential and I'm real I'm kicking myself I'm not seeing it sooner. Um like this is quintessential Almost like that Americana Christmas. Yeah, you know it's it's wholesome, feel good. At the end of the day, the message is just like believe in the miracle and like the magic of Christmas. And I'm just like two thumbs up, solid job.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a pretty um, good message. Yeah, Especially, I behind that. Oh yeah, you know.
0: So Alrighty. well, this has been another episode of Double A Cinema Cast tune in next week where anthony and i will be discussing uh, a very fun film very exciting film uh, a film 40 some years in the making i'm building this up and i think everyone knows what it is um next week anthony and i will be discussing star wars episode 9 the rise of skywalker we'll see you then Nice.